Today's Hope FM Drive Show is brought to you by Spring Harvest, bringing the whole church together to worship, learn and share. For the latest news and events, visit springharvest.org. And I'm very pleased to welcome to the show right here from Spring Harvest at Minehead, Sim Dendy. That's correct. I yes. got it right, Dendy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, so I've got a lot of Denby crockery at home, so obviously I, I could get confused, but Dendy. Okay, so Sim, uh, you're part of the sort of the planning team here at Spring Harvest, is that right? Can you tell us a little bit about why you're involved in Spring Harvest? How did you first ever come to Spring Harvest? And what do you feel God's doing in and through Spring wow, Harvest? Wow, that's, that's a big question, Gordon. Uh, well, I was first got involved with Spring Harvest as a teenager. So I came along here, uh, I was on I was on in the 11 to 14 year old age group. And then at 15, which is probably illegal now, I joined in helping the children's work. And I came back and worked back in the day with Ishmael and the Glory Company. We used to have a thousand children and I was just on team helping, serving. And then I got sort of kind of sucked in just helping. And every year I came back and... What, what, won- year, what year was that? I wasn't going to say, but okay, that was 1989. Okay. So in 89, I came along, I was doing children's work and then did youth work and I got involved in all-age worship. And, and, and I don't know if it's progression or whether it's regression, I'm not quite sure, but I ended up on the adult speakers team and hosting the main venue that used to be the big top and it's yeah. now a, a different sort of size venue and, and, and did all that. But probably the reason I stayed involved, most importantly, was I met my wife at Spring Harvest. Oh, as teenagers, uh, and and we met at Spring Harvest, and we've been married now twenty six years. Yeah. So it was, it was almost thirty years. Next year we met at Spring Harvest, so that's kept us connected in. And probably what's delightful for me as a dad is now watching my children get involved in serving at Spring Harvest. How old are your kids? Uh, so the twenty three, twenty seventeen, and thirteen. And, Gosh. And yes, yeah, so that my two girls, the youngest two, are here, and my my seventeen t- year old uh, Flo is on the all age team helping in the worship band, and it's just great to have her doing that and so we kind of come around full circle and here we are again and it's lovely to watch the generations at work here at this event which is a real legacy event you know it's over 40 years now and so we're seeing people coming back with their kids with their grandkids and it's yeah, got an yeah. incredible uh, heritage that it's, it's developing so i've got to say I, I was here in 89 as well um uh, and my wife and i weren't married at that point she was a teenager and oh, no, so was i think so um uh, and and actually we're here with our kids now there all these go. years later. Yeah. So it's one of these things. It's a great place for the family. Yeah. But it's also great for everybody. I'm, I'm so well catered for. So what what's the things that you're doing here on the ground? How are you serving yourself at Spring Harvest? <laughs> um, so I'm doing, uh, mainly I'm doing the main celebrations here. So I'm hosting the main celebrations. So we've got Chris Rogers, who, who is the chair of Spring Harvest, who is speaking every morning on our topic, a restore, a renew and rebuild around the, the topic of Nehemiah, which has been a brilliant start to the week. And so I'm making sure that the venue works well. We've got about 2,000 people there every morning and every evening. And, and we've got Lucy Grimble leading the worship. And it's just a sense of the presence of God, of just worship, of, of learning together, of worshipping God together. And, and encountering him and, and ministering to each other. It's been amazing. Uh, loving that experience. Loving kind of creating church for a week. It's, That's essentially what it it's is. It's amazing. And it, one of the things that's beautiful about it is, of course, it's not just one particular stream of churches. It's so broad. Yeah. And yet people come together in unity and just seeing everyone going for God is yeah. just absolutely yeah. glorious. So tell us a little about your journey then. So were you brought up in a Christian family? Yeah, so my dad was a church pastor um, in Kent. 
and uh, Maystone in Kent, okay. uh, where he was a church pastor. Well, I, and before that, we were up in Ely in Cambridgeshire, so that's where I was born. And um, watching my dad lead a church, I resolved I would never do such a thing. I mean, what kind of fool would take on such a job that's normally underpaid and normally badly treated? And I watched my dad. Happen. It can happen, unfortunately, more than it really should. And I and and, and often people who lead churches really give of themselves beyond where they probably should. And, and often, you know, don't get cared for maybe the way they should either. And I watched my dad go through some of that. You know, it didn't always end that well after many years of service. And I thought, I don't want to do that. But I loved the church. I've always loved the church. I love what the church does, how it changes community and changes lives and, and bringing God into the middle of, you know, uncertainty and, and despair and the power and the hope of the Holy Spirit. And so I loved the church and I, I left school and I started working with an organization called Children Worldwide doing... Um, uh, working in schools, doing summer clubs, that sort of thing, which came out of a group that was actually based here at Spring Harvest, WizKids. And so the WizKids, the people who ran that, also ran Children Worldwide, and I worked with them for a year. And then the church that my dad used to pastor said, would you come and work for us as our children's and schools worker? And I went, you know what, I'd love to. And I did schoolwork every day, assemblies, after school clubs, everything. I just loved serving in that way. And so that was definitely how I sort of started. But even then, I remember thinking, I'm never going to lead a church. I'm happy to serve the church, but I would never want to lead that. And... um, but yet one day, you know, I remember the moment a prophetic guy called Dale Gentry came to town and prophesied and pulled me out from the crowd and just said, you're going to lead a church while you're young. And I was like, oh, I didn't want to do that. But I kind of knew it was the right thing as well. Okay. And so so I just was open to what God would lead us into. And we spent the last 20 plus years leading churches around the South Coast. And we're now based in Romsey in Hampshire. Uh, leafy suburbs or north of Southampton and uh, we we love it we love where we are we love uh, the way we've been able to bring up our family and our children and serve a church community there you know and you're still smiling so I've got to say that is is great Uh, now for any listeners who may detect just a hint of drumming in the background that's because there is a sound check going on for the youth event because we're here in the skyline area of um, the Spring Harvest which is an absolutely huge venue and there's been so much going on around us all day long so if you're getting any extra audio in there just consider it a bonus that you're getting here a snippet of what the youth will be experiencing later on because it is going to be great their celebration so just to ask about your church what flavor of church is it Oh, love this. I mean, we've our youngest member is probably, I think, maybe three or four weeks old now, and our oldest member is late 80s and everything in between. And so we want to make sure we're catering for all, all walks of life and all ages. Yeah, we probably would be deemed as a new church, you know, a house church movement. We're about 40 years old, meeting in a school hall, and uh, we're, we're going through a planning process for a building program. We bought three acres of land, and we're looking to build wow. something. Okay. Um, but that's going to take time. It's going to take money as well. So if your listeners have got you know, a few spare million, that they want to kind of send my way, they'd be really welcome. That would be funny if that actually happened, wouldn't it? You never know. It's always worth a shot. It's always worth a shot. And and that's that's not the whole story. That's just part of, you know, how do we resource the church for the future and for, you know, generations to come. But we are, yeah, we are a church that believes in worship, in gifts of the spirit, in being people really engaged in our communities. We're running a CAP Debt Advice Centre, the local food bank we're responsible for, uh, TLG working into schools, various projects, uh, job club, so we're really engaged in our community. We have a centre that we operate throughout the week that is open to people, helping people get out of debt, find a way through life, community coaching to help people come alongside people with complex needs and finding them a way forward. I see churches that 
don't stay in, inside the church, but are, are reaching out and doing so many other things. I've got yeah. to say that that's showing the love of Jesus to people. Well, I don't so. think there's another sort of church, if I'm honest. If you're stuck in your box for an hour a week and that's all you ever do, that's not a church. That's just an event. That, you know what? I think that's probably fair. I hope that hasn't offended people at home, but, but the truth is we've got to be people who engage and bring God's love much beyond the walls yeah. of the church. You don't want to offend people. I understand that, Gordon, because this is your show and I'm just the, the guest, but I'm a bit like, we do need to be a little bit offensive in the right sense. We need to, we do, we do need to kind of rattle people out of their comfort spaces and I think we're all guilty in the, and for me the pandemic revealed something of the church which is if I could just attend an event and I can have something for my children and something for my young people then I'm happy and I go home for my roast dinner then we're all okay the church was never meant to be restrained and constrained into a Sunday service or Sunday expression and I think the pandemic exaggerated that we started watching online you don't watch church you're part of church yeah. church meant to be a family it's a community it's meant to be people pointing to Jesus broken people walking alongside each other and I think when it just comes down to can we play the latest song on a Sunday is our band you know really amazing and does the coffee taste good we've missed out somewhere and that's not the dream the dream isn't to have the the best church on the block the dream is to help people find Jesus for themselves to walk the Jesus way together now you see, some of our listeners right now have got no idea at all what you're talking about because they've tuned in by accident. So, um, so what I'd like to say, dear listener, don't, don't, don't change that dial if you've got one of those old-fashioned dial ones because uh, Sim is about to tell you why you need to know more about this Jesus. Ah, amazing. Yeah, so I, I wrote a book um, just for the pandemic called Simply Church where we look at why we do church. What's the point of church? And I start with the whole thing of why. The why we do church is really important. We forget. We just know what we do at church. We know where, when we turn up and, and what what songs we sing and how we behave but we don't remember the why and the why is really important because the why we do is this person called Jesus and it's the Jesus that saved us and set us free it's the Jesus we remembered at Easter who died and took our place who who said you know what you've messed up but it's okay I'm going to take on all your punishment all the things you've done wrong and I'm going to stand in the gap and reconnect you to my father God that's why church is just a bunch of people who've met Jesus getting together we're a crowd not because we want to be a crowd but because we've fallen in love with the same person and we think Jesus is amazing and so we've connected hearts to hearts and then we go could we get some more people in could we tell other people this story of Jesus and that's why Christians often are quite enthusiastic about telling other people it's part of our great co-mission to go into the whole world to preach the good news and it's good news of Jesus yeah and just come and join in come and be part of the family you know none of us got this right none of us are perfect we're all a bit broken and it's okay and we'd love you to come and join us and, and you're amongst friends you're amongst family it's not that someone said to me oh but your church is full of perfect people I won't fit in there and without kind of breaking anyone's sort of trust I had to say look no we're all a bit broken and I could point and tell you everyone's stories and why they're not quite 100% as you think they look and you can fit in beautifully mm. and I think the day we look too perfect is the day that people who are seeking hope and seeking uh, where is God in the middle of my mess they won't come to our church because they look too tidy yeah I, and that's one of the things I, and I've talked to people before who, who said oh no I'm not good enough and I, yeah. you know I, I can see other people they've, they've got it and things like that and that's just not the message that no. Jesus gives he's always that invitation yeah. isn't there so, and um, the Bible clearly states you know, all have sinned all have fallen short of the standard that God 
God set for us. None of us make the grade on our own accounts. None of us get into heaven by our our efforts, by our own personal efforts. Even the stuff I mentioned about what we do in our church and our community, that counts for nothing. That's just how we connect with our community because people don't care what you know or what you think you know until they know that you care. When they know that you care and you're interested in their lives, they might be willing to listen to what you've got to say. And so it's really important we build relationships with people. We don't just go in there with the, here's the the message of Jesus, here's the Bible, we'll see you on Sunday. We've got to build relationships and get to know people and find out their story and find out why Jesus would be the answer to their needs at this point in time. And we're living in a a country in, in England, in the UK, where it's not so much that people are are off faith it's more they just don't really care they're just not really that bothered it's not that they really they don't really need it they live in a world where they go we can get what we need we can buy what we need we can have what we've got we're not broken and we don't need god and then there comes a moment where maybe life doesn't work out as they expected and at that moment where are the friends the christian friends nearby and saying can i introduce you to the person called jesus who can transform your life yeah. even what you're going through right now he will make a, he'll make sense of the mess you're going through and when people don't feel like they're going in a mess they go i don't need jesus i don't need that and i had someone recently who left my church they went i'm all right now i kind of feel like i've met god i've got my life fixed up and i'm off now and i'm like what wow like, I, don't, I don't even need and I'm like, well, what, are you going to come back when you have a need of, what? We, well, we some sort of slot machine that offers you a response to your need. And, and how do we help people become what the Bible calls disciples that follow Jesus and walk his way and, and learn the rhythms of Jesus, of being like him? And if you start reading your Bibles and you go to Matthew 5 and 6 and 7, what's called the Sermon on the Mount and what Jesus said in red letters in some people's old-fashioned Bibles, in red letters, do we live that way? Do we uh, treat people the way Jesus treated people? Or do we just try and get through life and be as good as we can in a kind of moralistic, therapeutic, deism sort of approach? Or are we more connected and committed to the person of Jesus? So I think that's just such a wonderful encouragement to get to know him because <laughs> Jesus is just amazing. Could I ask about the Bible? So you just mentioned some, mm. some little passages from the Bible there very briefly. If people have got a Bible at home, mm. maybe it's a little bit dusty, they're not really yeah. sure what to do with it. And to be honest you, it's a big old book. And yep. if you just flick it open, you might very rapidly go, I have got no idea what this is talking yep. about because it can be really quite confusing. If someone's maybe thinking, I'd like to find out a little bit more about Christianity and faith, what book would you recommend? Because it's split up into lots of different books yeah. of the Bible within it. So you can, you, you can start at any of them, I suppose. But lots of people mm. go, well, do I start at the beginning? Yeah. But if you're, if you're looking to find out more about Jesus right now, what book would you recommend people yeah. look to in the Bible? Yeah, and I think you're making a great comment there, Gordon, because most people don't realise the Bible isn't really one book. It's 66 different books that have been put together in what they call a canon of Scripture. So it's not it's not one book with 66 chapters. You start at the beginning and work your way through. It's a collection of writings. And I always say to people, start in the book of Mark. Mark's Gospel. It's the shortest. All right, It's, it's just about in the middle of your Bible. It's what's called the New Testament, the second half. It's there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels to tell the story of Jesus and what he did on earth. It's not that the Old Testament's irrelevant, that's the backstory, and that's really important to understand. But I always say, start with the why. The why is Jesus, what he did for us. And the book of Mark is only a few chapters long. It won't take you long to read. And it goes straight in there and tells you the story of who this person Jesus was, what he did for us, and how may we can live to reflect the way he lived. And I love the fact that 2,000 years later on, we're still having this conversation. We're still grappling with what that means. And we're still learning to live like Jesus because his words still resonate through. You know, the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself is still an incredible statement that people 
people who don't know Jesus would still use as a declaration of that's a good value to have. And to, I, it's so important in, in today's culture as well because yep. actually neighbourhoods are to some degree disappearing from what they used to be because people used to know all their neighbours and now people often have got no idea who their neighbours really are. And yep. so, um, so that command of Jesus is something that can certainly make yeah. a, a huge difference. And in fact, even if even if people weren't following Jesus, but they loved their neighbour, yeah. who would live in a better world? Yeah. So it's a great, it's a great thing that. that he and the Bible people. is complicated. There is some historical, you know, thousands of years old. You know, there's some writings there which are difficult to apply to our modern context. I get that, but I love the quote from Mark Twain, who said, "You know, it's not the verses I don't understand that cause me problems; it's the verses I do understand." And I think there are some verses that we can, like you said, love your own, but also do to others as you would like done to yourself. You know, a really simple called the golden rule. It's there in the Bible. Or maybe, um, you know, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And then before that, to love your neighbours yourself. These are really simple, famous verses, but they're still challenging to live out on a day-by-day basis. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly are. <laughs> but there's certainly things that make a difference and if we can hold those things in our hearts and ask Jesus mm. to help us do those things mm. then actually I think one of the danger is serving out of your own strength because God doesn't yeah. ever call us to do that he always yeah. wants to walk beside us walk through things with us yeah. uh, and help us so that as we as we serve to whatever capacity we can it may only be small things but mm. we know that God serves yeah. us as well as we are going about the things he calls us to so it's exciting that he doesn't leave us he, he stays with us now you mentioned that you're a church leader yeah. but, but I also understand you you do a podcast and yes. there's things about yeah. So you're wanting to resource and, and help other leaders yeah. to be able to, to lead really well. So what would you say characterises a good church leader? Ah, wow. Well, not me. I think there's always much better examples than myself. I mean, I do this leadership podcast because I want to help church leaders get better. Because I think when a leader gets better, everybody wins. That The church does better. And also organisational leaders, if you're leading a, a, a church or you might be leading a charity or leading a school or leading a workplace... You, you are responsible for people and you're responsible for their lives and their families and often their family's income. How do you support them well and, and lead well? And so uh, the podcast really is it's an interview basis. We just interview different uh, leaders and we try and learn from one another and hear stories and hear what someone's done, how they've developed their own leadership and how we can learn. So we've got a great sort of follow following leaders, uh, people who come on our podcast on every single platform. It's just called The Leadership Podcast with Sim Dendy. Uh, so if you Google that, you should find it on whichever your preferred platform is and then we just interview people and, and everyone's got a great story and if we look at, and if we always prepare and you'll find this in your role as an interviewer you know you take time to find out about people people have great stuff within them yeah. you know people have diamond inside and often they're quite like reticent to show their hand and show what they've got but people have got beautiful things inside and that, that's there if we were prepared to dig enough so the, the interview technique is just kind of finding out what makes people tick and sharing that with other people. What characterises a great leader is a really tough question. I think most people would say integrity. Integrity, I would say, is what people see on the outside what's going on on the inside. The biggest, and we've had a bit of a spate recently, maybe it's a pandemic thing or something where leaders have fallen and lost their way and made mistakes and there's a few sort of famous things going around of people who've really kind of messed up publicly because their inside world is not the same as their outside world. Yeah. And and the problem sometimes with, with big churches, particularly when you've got a celebrity state and you're looked at, you feel like you, you're obliged to be perfect and seen as perfect, which is great if that's also your true inner self. None of us are perfect. Yeah. So how do we bring authenticity? How do we bring you know real reality, life to it? And I did a talk in our church in January where I said to them, I think I'm done. 
I think I've finished. I had this moment where I just kind of felt like I'd reached the end of myself, which is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount where the message version says, you know, Matthew chapter 5, when you're at the end of your rope, then you're at the beginning of what God's got planned for you. Wow. And so for me to be able to say publicly, I'm physically at the end of my rope. I've got nothing else I can give. I've led you through a pandemic. I'm exhausted. But I'm still going, not through my strength, but through God's strength. And I wasn't trying to be clever. I was just being real. And I got so many responses from that particular talk because it resonated. And when you're authentic, people go, I can connect with you as a leader because you're real. When leaders try and pretend they've got it all together, everyone knows when you're being a fraud. Everyone, everyone knows. We talk about mumps and measles. As a leader, you know, if you tell everyone you've got mumps, but actually you're carrying measles, they'll catch what you're carrying. They won't catch what you're saying. Your inner person is more important than your outer person. And I'm even, ever I'm saying this to you, I always feel when I say these sort of things, I think, oh, and my inner person is not where I'd like it to be. You know, I do okay in some things, but could I be better? Absolutely. Have I got this leadership thing and church thing nailed? No, I haven't. Yes, here I am at Spring Harvest, and I'm standing on the biggest platform, and I'm hosting some of the greatest speakers, but I'm still not there yet. And I'm still reliant upon God's Holy Spirit. I am not the finished article. I'm a long way off that, but I'm becoming more like him as I grow, grow and as I go through my life with him hand by hand. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's really encouraging, actually, because we're always, there's always more. God's always taking us on a journey. So I, I was praying the other day, and I, I just said, God, I don't deserve your grace. Mm. I really felt it. God, I don't deserve your grace. And I just felt God whisper back to me. It's so good, isn't it? I just felt whisper back. Yeah, you're beginning to get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've yeah. been a Christian for, yeah. uh, I can't yeah. count how many years, but, yeah. but God's been doing amazing stuff. You know what? There's going to be also probably church leaders listening who maybe are also feeling that you've mentioned about being burnt out and mm. it would be good if you were happy just to pray for yeah. church leaders and also yeah. for those people who maybe haven't yet met Jesus. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I think sadly I've met too many leaders in the last few months post-pandemic who either have left their ministry or even left their faith, whose marriages have broken down, who have lost contact with their children, who have done some foolish things because they are absolutely exhausted. And, and to be fair, it's not just church leaders. I think people who've led organizations, having to adapt, having to make decisions, having to react to things you'd never planned to happen. I mean, Spring Harvest closed down for two years yeah. and went online because we couldn't meet in person. The first time we've met in person since 2019. And it's just so good to be back together. But it's been hard. And, and can I say this to those listening, if you attend a church, be nice to your church leader. You don't know what they're going through. Send them a little message or an encouragement. Just, you know, text them and just say, we think you're amazing. And just just be nice to them. It will, it will blow their minds. You won't realize how many messages they get that aren't always kind. So just send a kind message, a handwritten note, a bunch of flowers, whatever works, and just say, we think you're amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to pray for those listening. I'd love to pray for our church leaders and also those. Maybe if you're listening today and you're thinking, I don't even want to go to this church thing. I'm not sure what it's about. I don't know who this person Jesus you're talking about. I would just encourage you to stay curious. Yeah. Don't don't say yes or no. Just stay curious. Go and discover for yourself. I mean, the internet is rich with a load of junk and a load of really good stuff about Christian faith. Go and get curious. Find things out. Try an alpha course. Ex Christianity Explored. Whatever works for you. Uh, open the, the Bible, the Gospel of Mark, and discover for yourself. Get hold of a Gideon Bible in a hotel room. Yeah. They're always brilliant with pointing you where you can go if you're feeling like you're struggling right now. Um, and read the Word of God. It's still true today, thousands of years later. But yeah, let's, let's pray. Sorry, God, I'm, I'm rabbiting on. It's well, brilliant. <laughs> we're going to pray. Let us pray. Yeah. 
Father God, we, we thank you that you are consistent, that you are constant. Even when the world is up and down, when we have all been through a storm and it has been challenging, it's been difficult, it's been exhausting and we are drained financially, physically, mentally, spiritually drained and we've uncertain what the future might be. We don't know what the future looks like with a cost of living crisis or uncertainty over the war in Ukraine. We just don't know what's going to happen next and it can make us fearful and anxious Oh, God, I'm so glad that you're not just a constant God, but you're also the God who understands our fear. Your son, Jesus Christ, in the Garden of Gethsemane was full of anguish and grief and fear because he understood what was to come. He knows our pain. And I want to pray for those listening today that if they've never met you for themselves, they've said yes to following you or walking your way, would they stay curious and find something fresh about you? Would they inquire, go on an alpha course, Christianity Explore, meet a Christian, just, just bump into someone and go, would you tell me about this person called Jesus? I need to know more. I want to pray they'd have a story they can share with Hope FM and tell them all that's going on uh, about what's been happening in their lives. Now, I pray as well for my fellow church leaders. It's been a tough ride these last couple of years. However big or small our churches may be, it's not been easy to adapt to the changing world around us. And I want to pray that people wouldn't be looking at the empty pews or the lack of online uh, people picking up online, but they'd be looking to you, that you'd be their guide in this next season that you would be the Holy Spirit that fills them afresh, fills them anew, that they wouldn't get their, um, they wouldn't get their input from the, the people in the communion and the community, but actually get their input from the God himself, that they would know that you are with them because you promised you will always be with us. You will never forsake us. Thank you for that promise. Amen. Amen. Oh, oh, Sim, it's been absolute joy speaking to you. Thanks so much for sparing time from your busy spring harvest schedule. <laughs> uh, it's really appreciated. Uh, God bless you, sir. All the best. Bye-bye. Thank you. Today's Hope FM Drive Show is brought to you by Spring Harvest, bringing the whole church together to worship, learn and share. For the latest news and events, visit springharvest.org.